Alrighty guys, what is going on? My name is Jonathan. Today I have the honor and pleasure of being joined by not one, not two, but three M6P originals. What is going on guys? Hey, hey. Yeah, I'm Tim. Just like Jared and, and Darren, we're all from the wonderful booming metropolis of Piqua, Ohio. And, uh, and I bumped into Jonathan on Darren and Jared's show, and he's invited me back a couple times. Now we're all back together. I'm Jared, started the M6P with my buddy Andy, and we brought Darren on board. And so we've been running that forever and hooked up with Jonathan and went to school with Tim. Here we are. Hey, I'm Darren. I'm from Pickwood, too. Like the M6P. Happy to be here, Jonathan. Not excited to talk about this topic, but we'll let you lead this combo. We have all subjected ourselves to torture. In some third world countries that are war-torn and, and tattered and everything else, this is what they subject the victims to. When, when they really want to torture somebody, they make them watch Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., starring David Hasselhoff as Nick Fury. off the top of your head first impressions what do you guys think what, what did you think about this masterpiece well i just want to i want to start off by saying i hope that we see him in dr strange multiverse of madness <laughs> I, I really hope right? see he's got to be there i mean at this point it would be a oh, letdown man. if he wasn't in there right uh. into the film you see nick fury samuel l jackson version he comes out and he's like just when I thought things couldn't get any crazier. And then out of, out of nowhere comes David Hasselhoff. He's like, oh, you haven't seen nothing yet. Yeah, man, it was it was really rough. I watched it last weekend. So I'm, I've had a week to go through a couple therapy sessions. I've been able to detox out of it. So I, I'm a little bit better than the three of you guys might be off. But it was very rough. I found myself jumping on my phone a lot, pausing it and doing other things around the house. It did exactly. take me, exactly. it took me um, seven hours to go through it, ultimately, <laughs> from when I started to when I, I finally saw the last scene. I mean, that just is kind of telling, you know? If a movie can't hold your, even, it's a Marvel movie. Anything Marvel, even if it's just a little bit tied, should be able to pull my attention. And Nick Fury, it was so, so far removed from anything Marvel that I recognized. It was basically Marvel and name only, nothing else scrum that's the past tense of scream nothing else scrum marvel to me well you can say what you want to about it but it was very faithful to the source material jared we got life model decoys we got the first appearance of the helicarrier but look I, at I mean, the helicarrier the, look at the helicarrier what was that like i think we did that in ninth grade art class like i could have made that i think what really what really was hilarious about this is this was essentially a really bad cliche spy movie. That's what they made this into. And the, the funny part about this is a year before this movie came out is when Austin Powers came out. Okay. So, so think about that a year, like probably while they were filming this and while it was in production, Austin Powers launched in theaters and essentially made fun of absolutely everything in this movie. 
which is what was so funny about it. The Hydra base looked just like Dr. Evil's lair with the fake smoke and the fakey computers and henchman yeah. number three and henchman carrying wrench. I mean, it was the exact same thing as what they made fun of in Austin Powers. And you're just sitting here like, this came out a year after Austin Powers. It shouldn't be like that. This this should have been a movie. This, this had the screamings of a 1970s Bond film. Everything from the bad guys when they all fell down after they got shot like they were a red shirt from Star Trek and Viper who played the the quintessential foreign Bond villain just a terrible terrible accent the uh, worst. terrible acting way over the top maniacal and then asking for a billion dollars I mean once again that's that Dr. Evil made fun of that in Austin Powers it's just the funniest thing to me that they did all of that uh, just to make it a, a really bad cliche spy film. That's essentially all it was. Terrible dialogue, too. The, the yeah. cheesiest of the cheese. I mean, it was made for TV. Like, of course it's terrible dialogue. But to Tim's point, first off, yeah, everything he said is right. Wow, one good thing. I'm going to point out a good thing about this show. David Goyer wrote it. it I mean, it wasn't very good writing, but he did do... Uh, <laughs> A few of the uh, Blade movies, and he did uh, the Blade whole trilogy. trilogy. He directed that. Wait, what? What? Huh? The whole trilogy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, David he wrote He also directed the last one of the Blade series. Yeah, but Goyer's done a lot of other stuff. He wrote this. The Dark Knight trilogy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The dark. The guy that wrote the Dark Knight trilogy wrote this. Yeah. Or one of them. I mean, he didn't write it himself. Come on. And, and Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance was another film that he was involved in. So, oh, yeah, wow. He had some, which one takes the cake? He had some hit or that. But yeah. so he's definitely hit and miss. Yeah. <laughs> Not like there isn't a lot of middle ground. He's either huge, great, or man, terrible. He's, yeah. he, there's no middle for him. That accent, like you were saying, Tim, I mean, there is, I have absolutely zero confidence in myself doing a russian accent but i think that i could do a better russian accent i expected her to just like reach down and pull up and have a cat that she was gonna pet because it was just so quintessential 70s bond villain it was really terrible i couldn't believe that they went that over the top with the acting on it and she was clearly directed to do so i don't think anybody in their own mind would have chosen to do it that way it was just a bad direction by the way the reason that we all are reviewing this film is because we got into a discussion on a, a group message chat we were discussing my rankings of all the comic book movies and there was one film that was ranked not a one not a 0 0.5 but a straight zero and that was this movie <laughs> so it was almost like we were all like challenge accepted <laughs> let's watch this yeah, thanks for making us watch that. Yeah, I was going to say. If I just you... finished it 15 minutes ago. Or, well, whenever we started this, right before that, you know. But, wow. I'll, I'll have you all, anybody that's out there that doesn't know, the three of us live close to Dayton, Ohio. And, and Jonathan normally lives, uh, you know, you live in Mississippi, right, Jonathan? Before we decided to do this show, Jonathan magically took off to middle of nowhere, Oregon, so that we couldn't find him, Okay. <laughs> Because he knew as soon as we watched this movie that we were going to be like, dude, we got to kill you. What are you doing? So <laughs> that's um, totally why I'm here, by the way. He's still in an undisclosed <laughs> location. He's still in an undisclosed location because he doesn't want us to know where he is. Okay. That's how yeah. bad this movie is. You know, it cracked me up so much when, when, 
when you were watching the film, Tim, and you you sent out to our group message, you was like, does anybody have a bullet that I can put through my temple? <laughs> <laughs> that made me die. <laughs> yeah, I normally am, am actually like, you know, trying to pay attention and try, but that I found myself watching, uh, you know, just kind of reacting to group chat stuff more than actually watching the movie. One of the takeaways, and I think Jared pointed this out, like I tried to watch this, I really did. And I, I'd rather look at my phone who wants to do that really in this day and age? But I'd rather look at my phone or anything else other than watch this. But at the same time, I'm like, I got to talk about this with you guys. And there's all these characters. We had Alexander Peace, and they made this cardboard cutout of Dum Dum Dugan. Dum Dum Dugan was wearing a tie in this. Are you kidding me? I mean, come on. It's all garbage. I'm sure. Wait, was that French lady? Was that the Black Widow? She was wearing a, or I'm sorry, Scarlet Witch. I was way off. Scarlet Witch, uh, she was wearing the red and black, though. You know what I'm talking about? The French lady with a nice voice. She was only a good actress in the whole show. Um, oh. <laughs> no. No. I don't think that was Scarlet Witch, but we did yeah. get Contessa Valentina Allegra Day. I saw her, too. She was. Yeah, I was, yeah. was going to say, Lisa Rena. it was kind of interesting. The, the thing about Lisa Rena is this was right on the heels of her doing Melrose Place. So she was like an A-list TV person. And same thing with David Hasselhoff. This is on the heels of him doing Baywatch. That you could not have found two bigger drama TV personalities to play in this, in this, in this movie to try to launch this new series, which is what Fox was trying to do. And it just fell completely flat. They had no chemistry with each other whatsoever. Neither one of them really played the character very well. If there's one thing I will say, David Hasselhoff did not play your typical David Hasselhoff character. He was a little more gruff, a little a little bit more rough around the edges than he typically is in, in some of his stuff. Like, you know, if you're familiar with Knight Rider and Baywatch and all that kind of stuff, it's a completely different character than that. But it, it really was just one of those where it just did not work. The chemistry between them didn't work. The energy between them and all the other characters didn't work. I didn't buy a lot of the stuff with the villains. All the, you know, you have six hours before or whatever it was. And I was like, this is so, this is so bad. It's just, it's just terrible. I just think it's hilarious that, uh, you know, with two big personalities like Lisa Rena and David Hasselhoff, they just couldn't make it work. The guy, and I don't know what his name was, but the guy that was in charge of Dumb Dumb, and Nick Fury, uh, who kind of like held a, a, a notepad and was like telling them what they could do and, and yeah, disapprove. Yeah. And then he had like three people that always follow him around and be yeah. like, oh my gosh, what's he gonna like? Oh, it was just so cheesy, is what it was. Like you said, Tim, to have Lisa Rinna and David Hasselhoff and David Goyer all on set, and no one was like, this is weird. This isn't good. This isn't bad. Maybe we should yeah. change this or that. But everybody was like, hey, let's do this. What? Where were the adults on this movie? There were none. I just wish I could have been at the table when, when Disney sat down and, and tried to get the Nick Fury character from Fox. I can just imagine imagine Fox was just like, you can have Nick Fury. Don't even worry about it. This is, this is, this is, this is yeah, we don't even want to acknowledge that this movie exists. Just take him. We don't even care. Yeah. Hey, hey, really hey. Is. Can you imagine seeing Sam Jackson with a backwood cigar hanging out of his mouth the whole <laughs> freaking show for every MCU episode ever made or whatever, uh, whatever. But they sure like those cigars, man. Those, are, those were backwoods. You get them around here in the uh, Ohio states and stuff, I guess. I don't know. I don't touch them. But they sure like their cigars, don't they? Yeah. Well, I mean, Nick Fury yeah. was always up until Joe Casada took over the comic books. Nick Fury had a stogie in his mouth. Every okay. appearance, right. always 
but I mean, but but David Hasselhoff kind of took it to another level. Yeah, like, he didn't sell it well. He didn't sell it well. <laughs> no, like literally no. having a cigar in his mouth every waking second, of every him. shot, every shot. Even when like Doesn't he's about to get shot or something, he's got the cigar in his mouth. <laughs> it's a really good cigar, I guess. And just a little bit of comic book backstory. So then Joe Casada came on and became the editor in chief of Marvel Comics, and his dad had passed away from lung cancer. So he said, no cigarettes or smoking in Marvel Comics from here on out. So you don't see Gambit or Wolverine or Nick Fury or Ben Grimm. You know, nobody smokes anymore. They don't smoke in the movies since that happened. I mean, it's not a bad thing. It's not like you want to be like, yeah, I want my characters to all smoke. It's not you, you know, a huge thing, but a little bit of trivia that might be on a trivia game sometime. <laughs> now, Jared, you, you're going to be more of a more of a resource than I am on this. As far as what we've been introduced to with Val in the MCU and the Val that we saw in this movie, I don't think either one is really true to the character. Is that correct? Both of them kind of are a little bit taking liberties here and there to kind of fit what they're what they're doing as far as the story. Is that yeah, is so, that a fair statement? So more so in the past, she was more of an agent, similar yeah. to Lisa Rinna. But in the past 15 years, she's been more of a covert, behind the scenes, doing kind of some sneaky stuff in the comics. So I'm not going to, so she's just very much evolved, like almost like Alexander Pierce. Like he was just this peon in the comic books. He only had like four or five appearances total. They put him in the Hasselhoff movie and then they make him the, the lead villain in an entire MCU movie. So there's definitely some liberties that were taken, but I think because her character was just so minute in the comics, kind of like Alexander Pierce, they took liberties and they just kind of can do whatever they want to with them. Gotcha. I think that the life model decoy special effects, like all the other special effects were terrible, but that life model decoy, although he was way more jacked than, than Hasselhoff was, <laughs> I thought that looked pretty decent on a shoestring budget, which they probably had for this. That's one yeah, bright I, light. I, I think there's no doubt they had a shoestring budget. I do think that the the one thing about the decoys that I thought was kind of interesting is it added a very, very predictable element to the story. I think everybody, as soon as we saw the life model decoys, were like, okay, so you're going to think he dies at some point and he doesn't die. And that's exactly how it sh shook out. It reminded me of, I think it was Mission Impossible 2 or 3, I forget which one it was, where, you know, it, it kept showing Tom Cruise taking the masks off. And then at the end, Tom Cruise had the mask on and nobody, and, and he had covered the bad guy to look like him and all this kind of stuff. And so you, you kind of see it coming and you know, based on the technology that they're setting up, that just added a certain level of predictability to an already bad story. So when the story is bad, and then it's predictable, and then it's not executed well, you just kind of have a failure on every level. <laughs> well, I was kind of interested in in where Nick Fury was living before he came back to S.H.I.E.L.D. So was that like a cavern with a, a sliding like door? An old what? mine or something? Yeah. Was it, uh, 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 did they say uh, Trinity, Trinity Base? That yeah. was the first thing I saw on the Yeah. Fury's on the moon, and we all know that. <laughs> he was a scroll. That's what it oh, was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just saw No Way From Home. I told you guys this. Yeah, I guess he's been a scroll the whole time. Uh, they name dropped him. He's like, he's been on the moon the whole time. All right. That's another topic. Whatever. 
what did you guys think overall? If you had to rate this movie on a scale from one to ten, or I'm sorry, zero to why is this a question? <laughs> Let, here's the real question. You literally said that Tim wanted to shoot himself in the head for watching it, and you're asking what the score is. <laughs> here's the question: Did anyone rank it higher than a zero? Any yeah, tip? yeah, yeah. I oh, think I wait, 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 hold on, wait, wait. Higher than a zero? So anything? I give it a one. Zero point five one. Don't give it a one. One out of pity. Don't okay. back down. I give it a one out of pity. Yeah. No, it doesn't deserve that either. <laughs> I think, I, yeah, I think I would probably give it like a one and a half to a two. Wow. Compared to what? Compared to what? Eternals. <laughs> Come on now. I haven't seen that one yet. Come on now, on Jared. Plus. Thank you. Oh, wow. Eternals is not that bad. No, no. Eternals is definitely a four. Anyway, <laughs> I will officially say that, you know what? I think I can bump it up from a zero to a 0 0.5. I think that it at least deserves that. You know, there was some effort put into this film. I'm sure a lot more than what, you know. There was no was effort put into this. There were some interesting concepts. You know, they, they, they took a lot of things from the comics and they were at least trying to be loyal to the source, source material. So I give it a 0 0.5. Jonathan, what else on your list is down there with it? I don't have your list in front of me, but like, what else is like a 0.5 or a 1 that would be comparable? Well, right above it at a 0 0.5 is Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. Never seen it. It's, it's dreadful. Uh, then you also have Electra, which is also a 0 0.5. No way. No way. Supergirl, 0 0.5. And then you got Captain America 1992, which is a 0 0.5. Uh, and then Swamp Thing is a one. <laughs> you seen Man Thing, though. Yeah, I haven't seen Man Thing, but I'm sure if I had, it would probably be down there in that territory for sure. Yeah. You got to check out Generation X. Swamp Thing's way better than Man Thing. I, You know what? When I was a kid, I watched Swamp Thing, and I, it's kind of a guilty pleasure of mine, but there's no denying that it's it's bad. It's really bad. What do you have it rated, Darren? What did, what did, did you give it a zero or a 0 0.5? What did you give it? Swamp Thing that John Carpenter did or Swamp Thing on the USA Network we watched Nick on Saturday Fury. afternoons. When we're Nick kids. Fury. Oh, Nick Fury? We're talking about that still? All right. Uh, oh, goodness. Wow. Zero. Straight zero. No hesitation. Heck yeah. Zero. Everybody else uh, gave their rating, right, Tim? I'll give it a one. I'll give it a one and I'll tell you why. Okay, I'm going to defend my one. Okay, I'm going to give it a one because this was at a moment in time when Fox was trying to get the comic book thing going. Okay, all right, I'll give him a one. I get and, and, and I and I'm not I'm not going to say that they did a good job with it here, but just keep in mind that at the same time that this was happening, they were beginning pre-production for the first X-Men movie, and I think that that's that that ended up being a very important movie in the history of of comic book cinemas. So I will give it a one just because this probably started getting a lot of wheels turning for the direction of what they were going to do. And we probably wouldn't have the MCU had we not had a lot of the, the, the lead up that came from the Fox films. So here we are. Nick Fury, this episode of Nick Fury made the entire MCU. <laughs> no, no, I get what you're saying though, Tim. Tim, I agree. You're right. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have scored him zero. I agree. Like, yeah, they made an attempt. The same thing, we, we aren't even covering this, but Generation X, you know, the same thing. Uh, there's probably some other ones we're forgetting about, but yeah. 
Tim's right. I should have given him a one. Next time we'll do Generation X. No, oh, I don't totally have to watch that too. No, no. Oh, it's great. I love it. Oh, I love Generation uh, X. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining me today on this episode of the illustrious review of Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. What you got? You got something, Darren? No. You're doing it's fine. This? It's an Easter egg. We'll figure it out. <laughs> okay, guys. Hey. It's too late. <laughs> yeah. At least it's not 830, though. <laughs> Thanks for watching. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe. We are brand new to TikTok now. Unfortunately, we have a TikTok account. You can check us out at Real Comic Book Cinema as well as our Instagram at Real Comic Book Cinema. Also, check us out on Facebook. We're there as well. Guys, do you have anything you want to plug? Yeah, check um, us out at the m6p.com or Facebook, Instagram, not TikTok under the m6p. We're everywhere else, but not on TikTok. So uh, check us out on everywhere except for TikTok on the M6P. <laughs> Until next time, guys, thank you so much. <laughs>